The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It is a rainy September 20th, 2021, and this is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Ooh, new well, that's, bottle. That's new bottle. One. Who this? New... They got you working on the weekdays. They got you working on the weekends too. I know you're smiling with your paycheck. Like that's what you always think you do. When you look into the mirror, cause your face getting clearer. Are you lying in your laughter? When you look into the microscope, I am the Antichrist of the Holy Ghost. Ooh, new riff? Yeah. I have not had that one yet. It's good. It's kind of tough to find at some places. It's a relatively newer. Um, I've seen it popping up a little bit more over the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, I got it whenever I was up in Buffalo last time. So nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think the um, sometimes I'll listen to dad drinking bourbon. I think they did new riff. Yeah. Not so long ago. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's relatively new. Um, this is from fall 2014, so they've got some single barrels and stuff. It's a high rye bourbon, so yeah, nice man. I'm off the drink tonight. Oh no, what are you doing? I've got a a surgery on my pinky finger tomorrow. What did you do? Oh, so can you? I can't straighten it. What did you do? Is that when you broke it? Like. Two years ago. Two yeah. years ago and just taped it? Didn't do anything. Yeah. But now I'm fine again. It's sorted out tomorrow. You make me feel like I need to do something about my shoulder. I heard it like a month ago and it's still kind of clicking. And I'm like, maybe do I just deal with it? But you having a <laughs> picky that you can't straighten out it. makes me feel like maybe I don't want it to heal to where I can't move it. It's like, uh, what was it? One of the, um, I know what you did last summer parodies where you've got the the guy with the little hand with the baby's hand oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the scary movie too <laughs> take my strong hand it hurt your child. It hurt your child. <laughs> that's what my little pinky's like that's great that's yeah. <laughs> really great <laughs> <laughs> old man injury special that's right that's it that's it all right, uh, everybody in the trap, thanks for tuning in. Andy Watkins, Dean Worley, oh, everybody from the Slack tuning in. Joe Johnstone, Elliot Beaven, Chief Coach Steve, Jay Hannibal, Kendrick Brock, uh, Michelle, Dirty Bird Person, Bradley's D, uh, Richard Gordon. Man, good turnout already. Awesome. Love seeing you guys in here. Thank you so much. Saw a good bit of you guys out there Saturday. Um, saw Steve and Annabelle, Geo. Um, who else did I see out there? I saw a couple other people out there. I missed Michelle. I heard she was at the game, but I didn't see her. Joe Johnstone FaceTimed me after the fact just to tell me how cl- lucky Clemson got to not lose to Georgia Tech, and I was not in a good way at that point of the night. So, yeah, Clemson have been uh, hasn't been great. Not good. It's not good. It's really not good. Is so. Dabo Sweeney still there? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. It's a whole lot. It's a whole thing. I'm not going to get into it. I won't bore you with the details, Dan. Because <laughs> we... it's too painful. Yeah, yeah. It's going <laughs> to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. It's not going to be our year this year, but it's going to be okay. What I really appreciate is those SEC shorts. Because have you seen those little skits they do? Yeah. And what's great about it is every year there's one about Georgia and hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite one for week one was like the SEC fan was, or the 
a USC fan, a South Carolina fan, was like, yeah, Clemson lost. And they're like, yeah, but so did you. It's like, yeah, but so did Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> uh South Carolina are terrible. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I agree, Elliot. I really wish Florida would have pulled it out on Bama. Uh, that was a tough loss there. But anyway, this is a soccer podcast. That's what we're here to talk about. And we couldn't have better things to talk about with Atlanta United's run of form lately. My God. Was it seven of their last eight now that they've won? Um Incredible, man. Incredible. After going four straight and now they're on to three straight, their last three winning with a combined score of 10 to two, just ridiculous. Uh, I think we are in 10th in the East at one point, if not lower, and we are now sitting in fourth. Is that right in the East? Yeah. Just crazy, man. What is going on right now? Well, part of it is we're awesome. This other part of it is the how um, unstable the East is because I think if we win, we could go up to second this weekend. But if we lose, there's potential we go back down to tenth. Right. Right. So- <laughs> yeah, it's it's a slippery slope. Oh, we're in sixth right now. Sixth right now. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Uh, we could go up to fourth this weekend, right? Is that what it was? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Fourth, um, second, meh. I mean, there's what eight points separating second from seventh or something like that. I mean, it's pretty tight in the East. To your point, Dan. I mean, it's it's all over the place. They rise, they fall. Uh, but Atlanta United seems to really be firing on all cylinders. I must say. I mean, even this past weekend, I, I love to see it because I. I feel like I kept trying to hold back and, and part of me still is. I feel like the past couple seasons have been so hit or miss and it's just been such a roller coaster that every time I get bought in that the team is like, oh man, this is, we're getting back there. You know, it's just the bottom falls out. And I feel like I've been like that over the past 10 matches now where it's like, well, let's not get too excited yet. Like, right. yes, we beat Orlando, but they haven't been playing good. Yes, we beat Cincinnati, but it's Cincinnati. Yes, we beat so-and-so, but that D.C. win was the first real time where I, I felt like, oh, shit, we might we might have a shot at this thing. Like, This seems like the team is really, really clicking in a way that they haven't in, in quite a while. Well, the good thing about it is that we beat D.C. this time, but then we beat them again on the road kind of and that was before that was still under valentino that was before pineda right so there is there's i feel like there's a a foundation that's solidifying that we can stand on now to potentially punch up but there's still i mean i'm still nervous i still not oh yeah like because the east is so volatile like we were saying is you you can't take anything for granted no no and i'm sure we're gonna slip at some point but i mean there's every chance that we can we can just keep climbing i mean i think i think we could realist well potentially we could finish second because nobody's going to catch new england no um, yeah but i'm hearing a hearing a the realistic position is third yeah so either way i mean i'll take Which it. i would love because i think who was it that said that atlanta would finish third in the east oh that was me that's right how can I forget? Yeah. Uh, to that point, uh, we have several points and much credit where credit is due. Our boy Tim racking it up against Please. Cincinnati. Called the score correctly. Called 4-0. Um, his goal scores, he had Araujo, Martinez with a brace, and walks. He picks up two points for the goals, three points for the correct call for a total of five against Cincinnati. You and I didn't do so bad either. We both called the win and we both had uh, two goal scores correctly with Araujo and Joseph Martinez. So we both picked up three there. You and Tim both picking up two points this past weekend against DC, calling both the win and a Barco goal. I called a 0-0 draw. I got nothing. The race continues. But it's heating up. Is Tim ahead of me now? He is definitely ahead of you now. He is actually, no, 
you guys would be tied now because he was sitting at 10 and you were sitting at 12 and he picked up two points on you against Cincy because you still got three and he had five. So you guys are tied right now. Oh, man. You guys are tied right now. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's close. It's coming down to the wire there. That should be fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into this thing, man. What what a what a great week. What a great week. So. <laughs> Um, so let's start with Cincinnati. I, I tweeted about it and I think that, I don't know, man, I, I know everybody's got their opinions and yes, it was just Cincinnati, but I was so excited to see Araujo get his first goal. Um, oh, yeah. and I felt like the quality of goals scored that match weren't just scrappy pickup goals. Like all four of them were really quality and came from a variety of different ways that I felt like that may have been the most impressive set of goals in one game. Like if people will argue like the game where Kratz scored back-to-back free kicks and rightfully so may top it, but <laughs> those, those four goals were pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Baca with the free kick, that was just insane. I mean, I, I've, and that's the first, one we free kick we've scored directly from since Kevin Kratz put those two in against Montreal. Um, but yeah, so I was not expecting that free kick to go in. Barco just keeps going from strength to strength. He's, uh, he's exceeding my expectations, the very low expectations I had when we were, uh, you know, trying to, well, talk myself off a ledge. Um, and then I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the, um, the Martinez goals. I mean, the Araujo just scored a, a world-class banger. I mean, yeah, yeah. come on, just zip him past. Uh, what did he take, took on, I think he take, took on Velo and Mariata and just took it. Dude, every time, it man, every time ball. he touched the ball, I'm like, what is going on? Like <laughs> yeah. he, he just manages to beat defender after defender all the way down from midfield until he's inside of the 18 every single time. He, he almost scored again that way against uh, DC this past weekend. I mean, just ridiculous. He's such a talent and I'm, I'm so surprised that we have managed to get him. Like we're taking yeah. advantage of all the financial problems that Lee Gunn have had. Uh, and being able to get a steal in him, I mean, it, it's crazy. And he didn't seem to have much interest from any other team in Europe, which I think yeah. to their detriment. But maybe it was also because of the the volatile. But he wasn't. He wasn't really playing much for Lille, right? Like, wasn't he coming in as a substitution for the better part of the season? Right. Absolutely. He yeah. was. He wasn't. But that's the thing. Like you would yeah. think, even though. I would still think that he, I mean, he could absolutely perform in Europe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In a different team. Uh, I mean, he could probably, you know, go to the, you know, the championship. I don't know if the Premier League, that might be too much of a reach, but I'm still shocked that we managed to get him. I just, and not that I was shocked that we got him when it was announced, but after seeing him play and what he can do, it's just, I mean, he's the, he, to me, he's the reason why, we're so exciting to watch. Like he's well, just adding that extra layer of sauce. And I've been trying to figure out what it is about him, right? Like, yes, it's the quality on the field, but it's like we've sat here over the past couple of weeks and talk about how he has elevated the entire team as a result. And yes, it, it comes in his contribution in the run of play, but it seems like el- everyone's play has been elevated to some degree that isn't directly related to just a run of play in which Luis is involved in. Right. And the more I think about it, I think it's sort of this like powder keg scenario with Atlanta United, where there was all this pressure building of expectations, right? Like mm-hmm. you had Barco who had continued to be this, you know, highest paid DP for Atlanta United that hadn't lived up to his true potential was not going to reach that $30 million, (laughs) you know, price tag that we assumed that he might have gotten at one point in time. You've got Joseph Martinez, who's coming back from an injury in 
struggling to find his way within the team. You've got all of the managerial issues and the front office transitions and and what's happening with our manager. And then you've got an interim manager and then Pineda comes in. And then on top of all that, you get Araujo's in here who comes in, doesn't, you know, doesn't really get any interest from from any of the other European clubs to your point just sort of takes it in stride and not in the way that I feel like the only like for like comparison I can think of with him is trying to compare him to the way that pity came in. And it's not trying to compare player to player. I know they're completely different players play different ways, Mm -hmm. different styles, but the mentality of how they both approached coming into Atlanta. Whereas I felt like pity came in and were sort of given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, a South American player of the year and all of this other stuff. It never really lived up to that, whether it was just the way he approached it or whatever, versus Araujo, whose first quote when coming to MLS was, I'm I'm excited to show MLS who Araujo is. And he sort of took on that chip on his shoulder that just sparked everybody else to be like, Oh, fuck yes. Like, I, I've got something to prove, too. I've got, you know, it was the managerial staff, the other two DPs on the team. Like, everybody wanted to play up to that level, and it all just sort of dominoed at the right time in a way that I don't think we've seen with other signings coming into the team. You know, I can't think of another t- another signing. I mean, we've only had a few midseason signings, you know, Remedi being – probably the last one of note that was really impactful coming in mid season, but certainly one of the most impactful signings we've had come in and make a huge difference, not just in what he's contributing to the team, but what everyone else is contributing as a result of playing with him. Yeah. He, I mean, I feel like he's, his, his players helped elevate Barco. Like he's lightened Barco's load. um, And He's still, I mean, he's 24, so he's still young. He's scrappy, he's hungry. And um, he's allowed Barco to not throw away any of his shots, you know, putting in the three three kicks kicks in and Barco's um, time when he since he's come back for the Olympics. He's just seemed much more relaxed. Oh, yeah. Much more focused. So it's, he, he, yeah, I I think he's the most impactful midseason signing we've ever had. I mean, it's crazy. You even look at like, we talked a couple of weeks ago about like Miggy, right? And like, there was this electricity about how he plays. And mm-hmm. it's all, it's almost like this sort of childlike wonder that Miggy, yeah. like whenever he touches it, like, it's like a kid that just, it's the football is life from Ted Lasso, right? Versus the, he's not a Roy Kent player, but with the way that Luis Arujo approaches the ball, it's like, he's threatening like he's intimidating in the way that he goes at guys in a way that Mickey wasn't he was intimidating in that he was so erratic and sporadic in the way that he played that it would shake people because they didn't know what to expect Arujo's the exact same way but in a completely different like personality type yeah he's so much more positive and doesn't you know pity seemed to wear his frustration on his on his sleeve you know and yeah Aruju seems he he I mean he hasn't either either got frustrated or he can just deal with it. Yeah, much better. Yeah, it's so. it's been awesome, man. Um, sort of unrelated to um the Cincy game or the DC game for that matter. A little bit related to DC game, but talking about that powder keg and and some of the play pieces that have sort of changed and changed the way that this team is not only playing but the way that they're sort of coalescing and and i feel like it was something uh who was it that was talking about it? michelle was saying um that uh the players seem to be having fun again and i'm here for it all day long um and also mentioning uh Arujo's energy and that the players in the crowd feed off of it one of the things that give it up to pineda for coming in and sort of shaking up the team culture in a way that we haven't had managers do before. And not just inside the locker room, but I don't know if you heard about it or knew about like the players getting up on the capo stand at the end of the mm-hmm. DC game oh, yeah. and how Pineda's like spurring the players on to get more involved with the fan base, talking about having supporters groups, attending uh, training sessions at least like once a month or something like that. Like that is something that, has been overlooked that I don't think anybody's really 
even acknowledge that there has been, even though we all kind of feel connected to the team in a way, there has been this sort of separation between fan and club that I am really on board with Pineda sort of in, injecting some of that. Cause I feel like that's what Seattle really has at its core, right? Is like that team to fan base connection that Atlanta United has, but it's sort of an implied one versus this explicit connection that he's trying to get established between uh, players and uh, fans. Yeah. I wonder how much of it is like, I'm glad that Pineda is whether it's his idea, but either, either way, I'm glad he's either agreeing it, agreeing to it and pushing the players towards it because there's a lot that had to be mended. Uh, between the fans and, and, you know, the administration of the team. Uh, and it's absolutely just going to help with 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 all that interaction. You know, um, Gressel was always really good at that. He, he you know, when we won the cup, he just grabbed that was it the first it place he went. Right, right. Supporters, supporters section. Uh, and after the game this weekend, he went over and saluted the supporters as well, so, which was very cool. Um, but, yeah, it seems like it's a much more positive place uh i'm fully behind it i mean even just in pineda's um press conferences the amount of detail he goes did you listen to his press conference after the dc game uh i listened to it after the cincy game i don't think i listened to it after the dc game so he was just going into like one he's a stats man oh no wait i did yeah he was talking about like miles robinson's like travel time and all that yeah yeah yeah. go ahead i don't want and he would go through oh that's okay but he was going through just all the different like the number of games miles has played the minutes he's played the the miles he's traveled uh all that sort of stuff and it was really cool that he you know obviously had a meeting with the assistants who were letting him know hey here's a flag for you and he'd honestly like, oh, it's like, oh, this is really interesting. Okay, well, we should definitely make a decision on this. I mean, to me, that's a perfect example of how the 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 process between the the backroom stats staff and and the the um, the coaching staff should work. Oh I yeah, mean, just it's you know it's a tool, it's another data point, it's another piece of information to consider. So I'm, I don't know, so far. I'm really impressed with it, and I like how it seems to all be coalescing. Oh yeah, man, and and it's it seems to be all of the things that Atlanta United fans have really been clamoring for, right? Like all you you take all of the the things that you want to throw at this run of games over the past eight matches out of the equation. You can't deny the fact that regardless of the opposition or the circumstances surrounding the game of why or why not they may have lost under different circumstances or whatever, it has been extremely exciting to watch in a way that I can't think of a run of 10 games over the past two years has been since maybe some stretch kind of in the middle of – DeBoer's first year where you had Open Cup and Campione's Cup and and all of that kind of bled together in that 10-game stretch right there in about a two-month span. Yeah, Um, I think it was six weeks. Yeah, you had all that in six weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been really exciting to see. I mean, I think I don't think the teams won four straight since that season. So that seems to make that that seems to add up there. So the fact that they're on pace to you know go potentially uh win four straight again this weekend after winning four straight i mean it's crazy man it's it's absolutely crazy that this team has sort of found found a spark to to really ride out the back half of the season and i certainly hope it continues and all that's to say like whenever we kind of switch gears back into the games again like what what's really impressed me has been how not only the goals have been coming but how and who they've been coming from uh, you expect to see Barco and and Joseph and Moreno and uh, Arujo scoring. I, I don't mean to say that, but I just mean who is playing in these lineups and seeing the rotational lineups that or the rotation that's taking place inside the lineups to where now you've got George Campbell who comes out of nowhere over the past mm-hmm. four games and has played really, really well, all things considered. I mean, you've seen him come in for walks whenever he was out. He played this past weekend whenever um, Miles was getting rest. And 
that's what you need. You've got to have those depth pieces that aren't just there when you need them, but you have them established in a manner that you have that flexibility to change tactics mid game, which we saw play out exactly against DC, you know, for, for Pineda to switch out, who was that? Did he, did he pull off, uh, up Campbell and Campbell and put on Aruju like for him to do those kinds of tactics. Like he knows that he's got that flexibility in the lineup and who he's got phasing in and out to give him some tactical, advantage speaks a lot not only to the core lineup but to the depth that we have on the team throughout all of the positions uh we can talk about center midfield separately but yeah yeah well since you brought it up i mean it was a risk making that sub um oh absolutely but it was it was good that pineda had that mentality of thinking okay we could prob we can we can probably take this team. So let's just let's just go for it. Let's just push. And that's what we all want. That's what oh, we yeah. want as fans. We want them to go for it. So I was really happy to see that. Um man, I'm surprised it's taken this long, but Cincinnati, your boy Franco coming up with two assists. <laughs> I mean, no it was, kidding, man. It's like man of the match almost. I, I mean, Walks didn't have that. I'm just saying, Walks hasn't set a team record for. Ooh, no, he's just scored goals. <laughs> 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 oh man, I got I got to circle around to the trap. We we've been neglecting everyone in here. Um, oh, Tim's not see. here to keep us honest. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Arujo from Chiefs coach Steve Arujo uh, has been the promise realized of several different players. Also, Pineda has been amazing. Um, let's see here. Uh, Carlos uh, Rangel. Carl, uh, Gressel is still connected to the fans. He wanted to make us happy and gave a secondary assist on Joseph's goal. Um Let's see here. Uh, Kendrick Brock talking about Pineda's rotating players. Uh, Pineda rotating players is nice to see. And Tom Shrek, that's a new name in the trap I haven't seen before. Having hey, depth, Tom. Having depth to rotate is nice to see too. Yeah, completely agree there. Um, yeah, I mean, to Elliot's point, were you surprised? I, I certainly was. And I mean, in our group text, I think I had texted out like, Arujo's on the bench. Are we panicking? Are we panicking? Like we're not panicking. I'm definitely panicking. Um, but again, like you don't want to just wear him out. Out, and I don't think that that was really the case on why he was sitting. I think that again, it goes back to what the team is capable of. That you don't have to have all four of those guys running nonstop for a full ninety minutes to get a result. Right. I mean, having I was a little. I was just interested that he would bench or Arujo, but then I was like, well, he's going to be a killer to come off the bench, you know, cause he's going to be bringing him on. He's not going to let him ride the pine the whole 90 minutes. Right. Um, so I was, it was good to see who did he have in place? Okay. So he had Sosa, Rosetta, and Moreno yeah. in the midfield at that point. So yeah. And then, and then, it was great that we had Sosa back. So we were able yeah. to kind of make that switch all by, you know, maybe a little bit more defensive and, you know, DC do what they do. They, they press you. And under, um, Hanan Lasada, he has been, he's, he's been great for DC. Um, they are, they're a much more fun team to watch now. Um, but they, you know, they will press and press you real hard and they're, they're a, they're a decent team as well. They're like, they've got a lot of talented players, you know, especially in um, Paredes. Gundrich has been doing really well under Losada. Um, whatever you think about Ariel, I think Paul Ariel is a pretty good player and Julian Gressel. And I think, I think Russell Canals, um, I just like him because he doesn't get the best ratings. He just does the dirty work. He's like, uh, I think it's Christian Leitner. That's it. That's the guy that everybody hates, but he does the work to, uh, to make the midfield work. I mean, he's not going to be the guy who's a playmaker or press as much because uh, he's kind of slow, but he will, he will help you. You want him as a center defensive player. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but overall, I mean, yeah, the, it's great to be having the depth. I think, 
if we go back to Cincinnati, sorry, I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but having not to with it, whenever you've got two games in a week, you can't kind of just break them all down. It's, it's totally fine. Go ahead. But um, Jake Mulraney spelling for Bello against Cincinnati. He played, he played great. I think you get get subbed for. Um, I'm not exactly sure who you got subbed for, but um, he, he was great to spell that position. It was great to give Bello a break coming back from, um international duty we could kind of ease him in like people were worried that the bellow was um was injured or something but i think we saw on saturday that yeah, there's, yeah. there's no water in that so but um yeah played great can you remind me about martinez's goals against cincinnati i'm pulling blanks on them oh, that's a good question i think one of them was the set piece header goal right that's right um uh, let me see. Oh, here. that's right. Because Moreno knocked it in and Franco headed it back towards Joseph. Yeah. And Joseph knocked it in. And Franco yeah. was like celebrating as soon as he hit it before Martinez had. Because I Look, guess we worked it up on the. If we let Barco score, if we let Barco celebrate for his free kick goal that went off of two Cincinnati deflections, we'll let <laughs> let Franco celebrate his his oh, yeah, man. deflection goal into Joseph. They're all happy. It's all fine. Look, Barco it, celebrating that first free kick goal that oh, took man. the deflection. Great, whatever. There's no denying the second one that he scored against Cincinnati because that shit was ridiculous. <laughs> that was an amazing goal just disgustingly good um you know and that going back to the dc game uh did i say since i meant to say dc uh the free kick that uh barco scored in that that game you know when we talk about like making excuses or or kind of trying to be Wait, no no he but he scored a a galazzo against cincinnati he didn't take any deflection it took deflection in orlando Orlando was the one yeah, I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, you're yes. Yes. I had gotten those uh, mixed up. Um, yeah. So talking about the DC game and the result there, you know, um, on paper, it looks like that game was a lot closer than it really was. And I think that that's sort of why that game really stands out to me is because if that's how Atlanta's going to have to get beat against quality opponents is by ridiculous half volleys from outside or at the top of the 18. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more than happy to take that week in and week out because that is by far the exception. Like I, for, for DC to put two of those in is just almost unheard of in one match. I mean, I can't, I can't believe that they managed to put one in much less two on us uh, in the manner that they did, because it was just, both of those goals were just, fantastic and i hate that joseph doesn't end up getting uh his 100th goal hopefully we'll see it this weekend but uh he does sit currently at 99 goals across all competitions which is pretty crazy he does and now uh we don't know if he's going to be playing we don't have we have a little bit of an update on martinez because he was limping around after the game and got a lot of treatment on the field um after the game but it's um He's still being evaluated. We haven't heard what that evaluation was at the end of the day today, but they're looking at his knee again. Uh, and it doesn't, apparently it's, it's not good. Oh man. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's not going to play. And then you, you know, you just go back to the, the false nine thing that we did against Cincinnati and put Barco and, um, yeah. up top. Um, but anyway, we can get get into that a little later. But it's I'm hoping it's okay. But I don't know. I don't want to get too negative about it. <laughs> yeah, I hopefully it's okay, man. He's just had so many such an uphill battle with that thing, um, and I I hate to feel like he's just one of those guys that's just the the concept of easing back into it just doesn't exist for him. Like he's gonna push it until he hurts something again. Like it's yeah. just, it's consistent. It's going to be a consistent thing for him that he's going to have to deal with. I feel like, because he is going to push it so hard and he's not going to pull back on it at all. You know, he, he wants to contribute and he wants to perform um, in the way that we all know he's capable of doing. And, 
it's been it's been really nice seeing him get on the end of balls that you expect him to over the past couple of weeks, just scoring the kinds of goals that you expect him to score on half turns in the run of play like he did against D.C. Uh, that second goal he almost gets at the end of the D.C. game that hits the post was just a heartbreaker. Yeah. Well, he had a chance, you know, in the first half where George Bellows streaking, you know, and on he's, he jumped on that bad back pass from I think it was Pine. Um, and Bello just jumped on it, uh, and Joseph was open for the pass right in the middle of the goal, and then Bello just took the shot, which I guess you you fine to do, but passing was the safe was the more um, safer option in scoring a goal. But there you have it, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Bellow's been uh he's had he's had eye on the goal for a yeah, couple of games now, man. I'm glad to see him slot one home um against DC because he yeah. the beginning of that DC game, he had Joseph and Joseph was pretty pissed off about it that he doesn't lay it off to him. Um and he had a similar situation against Cincinnati when he gets subbed in late in that game where he just all he was looking at was the goal the entire time, and he had Joseph wide open on the back post to just drive it home too. So it was almost kind of like this big brother thing of Joseph dishing it off to him to be like, that's what you're supposed to do. Or, granted, it was Moreno <laughs> doing it, but yeah, still. Um, man, and talk about an assist there. Moreno getting through, I think, a total of five players to lay yeah. that off to Bello at the end of that one was just insane. It was it was comical, wasn't it? Like Bill Hamid was so pissed after. Oh, dude, it, he and and they cut away from it. Like I went back and and watched the broadcast after the fact. We were at the game Saturday, but I watched him Saturday for no less than five minutes after that, doing the same like just frustrated, like back breaking screams from his goal because he was so pissed off about it for at least <laughs> ten or fifteen minutes. Yep, love it. Love to see the frustration for Bill Hamid. Love it. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Um, all right. So Cincinnati again. Uh, not much to really take home from that. I think great goals from Atlanta, but that's what you're supposed to do against Cincinnati, right? Yep. And and they did it. They got it done. We we expect to see more of that coming down the stretch. We've talked a little bit about Atlanta's schedule coming into the back half of the season. You've only really got. I want to say three kind of marquee games in the back nine um, that I can see that you really, you really need. I mean, you expect to take home results against uh, a good bit of them, but uh, the ones that you really, really need to capitalize on um, one of them being this weekend against Philly. And then you've still got uh, Montreal and NYCFC on that remaining slate of games. I think that inner Miami and, you know, obviously Toronto and uh, Cincy are pretty much out of the hunt, but those other those other three Philly, Montreal, and NYCFC those those three games are really six point games. Whenever you think about it, um, yeah, I so. think uh, no, in Miami is still they're still in the hunt. They're on thirty two, and they've got they've got a game in hand on us. Oh, they do. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was glad that the Red Bulls put four past them. Uh, this weekend that was great i was happy i was thinking of red bulls not yeah you're right red bulls are out yeah yeah but yeah it's like we can't let off the gas um one you know one dropped week and we're going to be out of the playoff line but it's it's going to be like back and forth the whole time i think oh yeah i mean the thing that's crazy with inter miami you look at them right now and where their goal differential is sitting at i mean they're they're yeah. one of the bottom teams in the East with a minus 11 goal differential somehow sitting in ninth place. Um, I mean, it's, it's shot. I mean, Red Bull sitting with a positive goal differential and 23 points or 26 points sitting down in 11th. You know, I, I think that inner Miami team while in the standings is certainly in the hunt um, as it relates to points statistically, um, you know they're sitting at nine wins. They're they're comparable from the wins and and losses and draws to Atlanta United and obviously the game in hand that mm-hmm. you mentioned. But um, from what they're doing as far as how they're scoring and and how many points they're putting up, you know I'm I'm trying to scroll back through to see when their big sort of 
goals, what matches they had that were big goal scoring opportunities. And it doesn't really look like there's many of them, you know, their highest, their highest scoring games were really against Cincinnati, which, you know, Atlanta United's no different there. So. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the lowest scoring teams. They've got 24 goals, which is, you know, the same as Cincinnati down at the bottom. Uh, yeah, it looks like Chicago they put up three against and Toronto they put up three against, but that's otherwise it's like one nils and two ones and then a whole bunch of losses. Yeah, and they've got they've got a relatively um I wouldn't say difficult backstretch. They they end with New England, which is really you know, that's not exactly how I would want to end the season at this point. <laughs> if no. you're looking if you're on the edge looking to get in at playing the basically determined supporter shield winner this season in new England to on decision day, essentially. Um, that's not well, how I would want to end the season, but yeah, the last three games are us and yeah. DFC and like you say, new England, that's right. I mean, they, right. They've, they got to play Nashville this weekend. I'm definitely and Portland. Beat them. Yeah. I, yo, yeah. Portland, the LAFC, didn't they this weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be, So like I said, they've got, you know, a handful of games that could, you know, really shake them up a good bit. Like I said, I mean, been saying it for a while, guys, been saying it for a while. The back half of Atlanta United season is really favorable and they certainly seem to be playing up to that level right now. Let's just hope that Joseph stays healthy, man. I mean, I hate to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I really do. Oh, I know what other thing I wanted to mention about DC game. Our buddy Brad Guzan has gotten a lot of flack this season and in past seasons. He seems to be consistently uh, – he, he has a target on his back where it's either he's put the game on his back or he's to blame for every loss that we get sometimes. And I feel like this DC game was absolutely one of those games where give all the credit where credit's due to the offensive firepower, but – if it weren't for Brad coming up with at least three really, really good saves in that game, that scoreline would have been completely different. Oh yeah. He, he's been, I feel like against Cincinnati as well. He's been, he was really good. Um, In fact, uh, who else? Orlando. I mean, he was really good also. I feel like he's, I mean, he, people harp on his distribution. um, And as long as he's like, just, yeah, I guess it's not the best, but, you know, there's a lot worse keepers that we could have in the league. And for him to have those sort of big reaction saves, I feel like outweigh the negative qualities that we're all, all seeing Absolutely. right now. I mean, the the only problem with Grad Guzan is his salary. It's yeah, way too I high. agree with that. I agree with that. Completely. That's the only problem that I see yeah. with Guzan. Because I don't think you're ever going to live up to that salary as a keeper. Like you're just, yeah. you're because you're always going to be put under a certain level of scrutiny that no other position is really going to be put under because the game sort of starts and ends with you in a lot of ways. Um, boy, as great as he did play Saturday. Uh, he, I'm, he's not without fault. He had a yeah. couple of he had a couple of balls that he he played from a goal kick that went directly out of bounds or directly yeah. over the back line of DC. It's just like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> the guys behind. It's so funny. Every now and then you get like a you know just a, a a casual fan coming to a game to watch a match, and we had some guys behind us that were like there's a lot of stuff that I just don't understand about soccer. And like, like what, did, what was that right there? Like, I don't know why he just did that. He just kicked the ball completely out of a play. I was like, yeah, he didn't mean to do that. <laughs> didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but it was so funny. It's like, it just seems like it's chaos. It's just everything's everywhere until they get up near the goal. And then all of a sudden it comes together. I don't get it. <laughs> That's just cause you know, the more you watch it, the more you learn, the more you learn to appreciate yeah. it and you can see what's happening. And I, I mean, I get it. Um, I don't understand how anybody can understand what they're talking about with when you're running a play in, in American football. Like I was watching some YouTube video about Peyton Manning being John Gruden and he would be, t- and Eli Manning would have to translate the play. And it's just like random words just pushed together. 
and then they figure it out. It's just, yeah. it drives me nuts because it's such like, I feel like you, you really have to have been brought up within that game to like really understand it. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah. I can't, I just don't have the no attention span to learn it right now. And plus the Falcons suck. And I don't have a college team. So. <laughs> oh boy. I've uh, I've been converted to Bill's Mafia, so it's been a decent decent season so far. Big win this past weekend against Miami, so we'll take it. Was it just your obsession with OJ Simpson that you decided to become a Bill's fan or <laughs> Marshawn Lynch mostly. having having to watch all those uh, OJ Simpson documentaries that came up the other year? Marshawn Lynch and uh, CJ Spiller. And Sammy Watkins, CJ. you know, all the, all the Clemson players that have filtered through there over the years, not to mention my fiance being from there, but, uh, right, right. Yeah. CJ, unless I speak, out of her, unless <laughs> I speak ill of her and she puts me through a table, not for funsies. <laughs> well, that's good that, um, she likes football. Yeah. 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 And she's, she's bought in on Atlanta United too, which has been great. So um, fantastic. Yeah. All right. Um, so anything else on either the Cincy or DC matches? Yeah, I'll give, I'll have a gripe about some of the refereeing decisions on DC. So brilliant pulls Joseph down on a, I mean, he's, he's in on goal. It's a yellow card mm. offense and he's already on a yellow card, but the ref just lets it go because, yeah. you know, he doesn't want to, send him off i guess and then turns around and gives franco a yellow card yeah and now he's suspended yeah like yeah pretty fucking ridiculous also the araujo yellow seemed to come out of i mean out of nowhere you know some of those some of those fouls i think michelle was asking about the the fouls in that match some of them were over overtly aggressive like zero play on the ball and zero accountability from the officials so what are you going to do, man? Oh, yeah. No, we DC, what, they had 25 fouls? 25 fouls. I mean, that that is ridiculous. I think I saw, was it? Yeah, I think I saw that DC commit has it commits the most fouls in the league and Atlanta United is the most fouled team in the oh, league right now. Far the most fouled. Team. We're the most fouled team in the league right now, and I think that DC has committed the most fouls in the league. I think I saw that. Probably. I think I saw that. Um, yeah, Brett Crawford saying that was a second yellow for sure. Yeah, I think that. How many red cards have there even been this season across the league? Like, I feel like I haven't heard of many games having teams go down to 10 men this year. Uh, well, our good friends Orlando went down a man. So that was how uh, he got sent off. Oh, apparently Franco's yellow was for delaying a free kick. I didn't realize that. I, yeah, I, it doesn't matter, but it's still like it's it's you're giving you're giving leniency to your left hand and then not giving oh, that's leniency right. to your right hand it's orlando like, went down to 9 that's right oh, i forgot about nine? that i forgot about that Wait, i forgot what? about that oh man what i wouldn't give to see them be down to 9 points oh yeah people. antonio antonio carlos got a straight red that's um, right uh that was it i don't think we got they got two guys sent off Nani and Andres Perea against Montreal. Oh, against Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Love to see Nani get a red card. And love to see uh the fragility of the mental state of Orlando coming to the fore and them sort of breaking. It's uh, it's one of yeah. my favorite MLS season traditions, really, is to see mm. Orlando get really high in the standings just to have the bottom fall out and them to shit the bed and stumble all the way down to the bottom of the table before season's end. Hey, at least they've made the playoffs once last year in their history. It only took a pandemic for them to do it, but hats off to them. Hopefully they can do it this year, but the way things are going for Orlando right now, I would not be so optimistic. Um, I think that they've got one of the more challenging back halves of the season where, um, They don't have any – I mean, they've got Cincinnati once, but every other game that they've got, they've got New England that they've got to play twice. They play Nashville twice. 
They play Montreal twice. DC. They play Nashville twice. Yeah, like I said, I, I would, I would be really, really concerned if I was an Orlando City fan looking down the stretch because as of right now, I don't think that. I'm trying to see the last game they won. So it's been over a month since they've won a match. Their last win was against Chicago on August 21st. They drew inner Miami the week following, and it's been all else since then. So, and they play new England this weekend and Nashville on Wednesday on a short turnaround. So Woof. it is going to be a long, long road home for those guys. down Man, the stretch. They play, they play new England without one of their best center backs. In yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Oh man. It's kind of like, you know, in the premier league, um, Arsenal have traditionally had St. Totteringham's day where it's the day in the Premier League where Arsenal will will definitely finish higher than Tottenham. I mean, it hasn't hasn't worked out for Arsenal recently, <laughs> much to my joy. Um, but maybe we should start a tradition like that with Atlanta United and Orlando. Dude, yeah. I remember, what was it, like three years ago when they had won like 10 straight and they were just like, it was like the first – half of the season like we hadn't even crossed midway and they were like oh we're winning the fucking supporter shield at this rate and then they lost 10 straight like it's just oh, laughable it man. was 2017 because remember yeah. we started doing the pod and we're like oh man we're kind of talked a lot of shit to orlando <laughs> and now we probably don't want to play him it was kyle larin like kyle yeah. larin was doing uh scoring all the goals and then yeah they just just yeah committed really suicide. really bad really really bad Really, really bad. Oh, man, Dirty Bird person. I always called it St. Orlando um, Day yeah, till last one. year. Yeah. All right. Is it time? The time all the people have been waiting for? I think so. Buckle up, kids. It's time for the download. <laughs> all right. Philadelphia. Oh, I'm so disappointed that Philadelphia got beaten by Club America and dashed all hopes of an MLS team winning CONCACAF. They didn't just this lose. Year. They lost really badly. <laughs> they did. And they and they played New England before. Give them credit to when they played New England. They played most of their kids, most of their reserve teams, because they wanted to save their, their stars for their most important game they've ever played in the history of their club. Uh, but they, they lost it 2-0. But, um, but and they lost against New England also. But it was only by 1-0, which, you know, was good. But New England were pretty... Um, full health, and I think they're only missing Carlos Heel. You know, they're just the star striker and assist creator. So, all right, last five. Uh, they beat NYCFC 1-0. They drew with Montreal 1-1. They lost to DC 3-1. Oof, that sucks. Uh, losing to New England 1-0. And then I threw the Club America one in there just for consistency and chronological order. And then they they beat Orlando 3-1. I'm glad to see them beat Orlando. So they've only got like six goals in their last five MLS games. Um, and they've then they've also conceded six in the last five MLS. You know, it's eight if you include the loss to Club America in the uh, most important game in their club's history. Um, it's so sad that it happened. But, you know, karma's a bitch. Uh, compare that to Atlanta United. We've scored 12 goals in our last five and conceded five goals. So, you know, a defense, and we've been saying it pretty much all year, uh, a defense, you know, it's pretty damn good. Um, so in the last five, they're on, they got seven points out of it. We've had 12. Um, it's going to be, it could be a, a real good game. My, I'm disappointed that Martinez is going to be out. Um, and I think we probably go back to that um, that false nine with Barco and Arojo, and I guess Moreno is the false nine. But we're just going to be play up top and in two up top with Barco and Arojo. So it's, pro- it's probably not even a false nine at that point because I wouldn't start Conway because I don't think Conway is going to match up very well against Elliot and Glasnes. Um, because those both strong guys and Elliot's 26, Glesnes is 27. So they've been around the block. They know what they're doing. And then Jose Martinez 
is not the as strong as those guys, but he's 27 and he's he's been a fantastic player this year, Jose Martinez. I've been very impressed with him. He was great against us, just uh, not like Santos levels of shithousery, but uh, enough. But it's kind of like what you want to see. He's kind of like that Russell Canals mold that I like, but he's 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 a much more technical and better player than than Canals. Um, so in watching all the average player positions in the past couple of games, they always seem to push everyone that in the average position is in the opponent's half, apart from Elliot and Glesnes. And then Jose Martinez will sit basically in the center of the field, but still, and just, you know, help them out, like screen those two in, in the, um, the hope, you know, in, in the case of a counterattack. So they really push everyone up. And I think, um, Wagner, who's been a, a fantastic left back for them, he's been one of the better left backs in the in the league. He scored a couple of goals. He's also made a mistake here and there that's led to a goal. Same on the other side with Mbezo, but he hasn't scored that many goals. But, um, but you know, man, that guy Casper Shabilko right up top, he is just in the right place at the right time. He's almost in that Bradley White Phillips mold. Is he? He's just there and can just score goals um whenever the ball gets very close to him which is which is highly frustrating but you know we know how we can defend him we've defended him in the past though i think the last two times he's always scored on us um but it's been through ridiculous breakdowns i think it was on a counter um that he he last scored on us where we had everyone pushed up towards the end of the field um, Alejandro Bedoya, uh, got subbed cause he got injured next last, uh, against Orlando. So it looks like, um, Freddie Montero probably slot into that cause he's played that right midfield spot a few times. And that would leave, um, the Hungarian gas uh, to fill that attacking midfielder role. So, um, if you're looking at the, the four in the back in Wagner, Elliot, Glasnes, Mbizo, Jose Martinez, in front of them, and then you've got to make up the rest of their midfield diamond. So on the left you'd have Flock, on the right you would have Montero, and Gazdag would be that that head of the head of the diamond with Shabilko and Corey Burke on either side of him pushing up front. Um, then I mean, like we said, their run they they did beat Orlando, but the, uh, they're going to be at home again, so they've got that going for them. Uh, but their run of form hasn't been that great. I think they're sitting, they're sitting just below the playoff line. Yeah, in uh, yeah, they so, no, they're 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 in. They're they're in seventh right now. They're in seventh. Okay, on thirty five points, they've got a game in hand on us. So this is one we really want to stomp on uh, to push them back out. Because I mean, if they lose, there's probably a good chance uh, DC's playing Cincinnati. So yeah. If we lose yeah. DC, six point game, man. Six Joe point Bucks. game. Yeah. These are six point games here. So I feel like we're going to go back with uh, a back three of Campbell, Robinson, and Walks. I feel that's going to be good. That that works. Robinson's got his rest now. Uh, Starting with Bello and Lennon again on, on the left and right hand side. Um, why not play Rosetta and Sosa in the middle? I mean, I feel like they're the stro- our strongest um, center mid and center defensive mid players right now uh moreno up top in that seat in that attacking mid role and then barco ruju pushed up front but moreno's gonna like he's gonna glide around and rosetta will probably fill in a hole when he goes um so that's what i would do um i'm gonna start my bad play best players we want we want we've got a whole week off so i can't imagine there's gonna be if any much of any rotation well, apart Joseph, from Joseph. Joseph will be out, but I think you're right, Dan. I think our back line is the back line that we've been expecting or that we've been playing mostly, and I think we're going to need it, particularly with Joseph being out. So I expect to see Walks, Miles, and Franco back there coming into that match. Um, Franco's which, out. Oh, that's right. He so is I'm out. Putting so Campbell back. Campbell, Campbell probably will be in there, to your point. I have completely forgot about that. So uh, the question is, with Joseph out, um, what rotation do we see on that end of the ball? Um, 
you know, I get my first thought is, I guess, like you said, Aruju is probably up there, up top, like what we played. When was that? A couple of weeks ago against. Was, that wasn't was, Nashville. That was against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Was that against no, no. Cincinnati? No. Martinez no. was playing against Cincinnati. Then it was going to be against Orlando. Yes, that was it. That was it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the way that Pineda rolls it out. Um, I don't see it being a high scoring game like what we saw against Cincinnati or against DC for that matter. Uh, even with the rest, I think, especially if Joseph is out um, to Kendrick's point earlier, I don't think Atlanta is a team that's going to draw nil nil anymore. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I'll ever, yeah. I'll ever call that play, but I can see it being one, one. And that's going to be my call for this weekend is one, one with Barco scoring the lone goal for Atlanta. What a piece, huh? Yeah, I was looking at to see. So Philly concede at the beginning of halves. They've conceded six in the at the first fifteen minutes, and then they um, conceded seven in the second half, first fifteen minutes. Uh, being the most dangerous on the on the flip, so on the the back half of each first half and second half, which we have seen them do before. <clears throat> so I don't think we hold a clean sheet and we're going up to Philadelphia, which is why I think they'll probably score a goal. Yeah. But if we want to put, this would be a good, I have a feeling they're going to score first as well. So I think this is going to be a real test of mental resolve on Atlanta United with that. Pineda's Atlanta United has not really experienced as much. So I think with this resolve and the looseness of the guys, I think we I think we pull this one off. I'm going for a 2-1. 2-1-win with uh, Araujo and I reckon Moreno gets one too. All right. Well, if there's one way to keep Tim from winning this year, it's to not have him record so he can't throw down a score prediction and make sure we record during bath time. So he can't even be in the trap to put it in there. So no points for Tim. I don't care. If you're not here to put it in whenever we go live, it doesn't count. Well, we could just put in like 6-0. Oh, that's true. And but then, then it would somehow come true. Which would be a good thing. Six nil Philly, and then it comes true. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, Six. let's see what we got. Elliot Beaven, one nil Atlanta. Jay Hennaball, one nil Atlanta. We send Guzan up for a last minute corner, and he pulls off an Allison Becker. Uh, Brittany has two one Atlanta. Barco and Araujo. Simpatico, Brittany. Simpatico. Yeah. All right, man. Um, Anything else looking ahead? We will be recording again before. Oh, we got another new name in the trap. Zero degree gaming. Three uh, nil Martinez with a brace and Arujo with Barco getting an assist. Oh, I hope so. I meant to. I meant to ask you. Um, did you see that the uh, FIFA ratings came out? Yeah. Yeah. What a joke. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, but probably not for the same reasons that you were saying it. Um, <laughs> I think the thing that surprised me the most was the uh, defender ratings in oh, yeah. the fact that Franco has a higher rating than the walks, than walks and miles Robinson. They don't even, they don't even get inside of the top 10 or whatever. Well, I can, I can understand walks, but Robinson's got wildly short changed there. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, I don't get that at all. Um, I love seeing Luis Araujo come in though with a 77. I mean, that's pretty yeah. solid. And, and Joseph being at an 80, um, pretty awesome there too but uh yeah I, I think that that was the biggest head scratcher to me was not seeing and uh, not seeing miles is the thing to me not yeah. seeing miles there i mean he's a usmnt defender now that 
That's not a huge, right. and it might just be off of last. You got to think about that too. This a lot of this is based off of last season. So he really has a. I mean, he was great last year, but he certainly had a standout performance this year across all competitions. So yeah, well, they've also got Blaze Matuidi at eighty three, and he was just complete shit. Yeah, like yeah. complete shit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a little bit of a head scratcher for sure. But uh, love seeing Joseph on there, all things considered. Um, so yeah, that's all I've got for this week. Anything else on your end? You think Ole Kamara still gets the uh, golden boot? To Tim's point, he's just going to PK his way all the way to the golden boot. <laughs> Who is in the lead in the golden boot right now? He is. Oh, it is Kamara. Yeah, unless it changed over the weekend, but um, let me see. MLS goals. Yes, yeah, sixteen goals. Yeah, Real he scored Rui two Diaz, PKs. 14. He scored two PKs last week. So, All right, yeah, I think we've got what Joseph's on nine. Yeah, he's still got a ways to go. Yeah, um, I mean potentially. I mean, I just you can't count out Rui Diaz, but. Yeah, all those penalties. He's had seven penalties. Yeah, that's seven what penalties to Rudeus's two. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, probably. PK is way all the way to a golden boot. Crazy. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, we still have count. a couple. We had a yeah, exactly. We had a couple other score predictions come in. Uh, three two Atlanta with Moreno, Barco, and Arujo scoring from Chiefs coach Steve's. Um, one one Dirty Bird person. Uh, 2-1 Atlanta from Richard Gordon. Um, people agreeing with the disrespect to Miles. No way Carlos Vela is an 83. Miles should be a 75 from Elliot Beaven. Uh, let's see here. All right. Sounds like Zero Degree Gaming has already placed a bet on Atlanta to win the MLS Cup. Man, I'd wow. love to see that. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. What are the odds? Is what does sportsbettingdive.com say? Sports betting, yeah, what do they say, Kev? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, man. Well, in the meantime, I know that you can find Tim on Twitter or on Instagram. I think he's been getting back to the woodworking whenever he's not changing diapers. Uh, you can find him at Tim Herb. Dan, still riding the bike, I see. Getting your still notifications the in the mornings, but whenever you're not doing cross-training or – Rolling. rolling. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Love some rolling, man. <laughs> it, it really helps your recovery. <laughs> uh, what about you? But you're also on Twitter, right? Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at DNGMS or, or Peloton to the power of Dan. There to you go. The power of Dan. You can find me at the architect that's at the underscore ARC number one T E C T. Collectively, you can find all of us at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. We hope to see you out there next time. If not, we'll see you here next time. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit that bell icon to get a notification each and every time we go live. Until then, as always, be home before dark. Awesome. That's it. That's all I got, man. I've got surgery tomorrow. I'm so anxious. I'm not really. I'm just sad I'm not. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.